Well, again, my name is Chris. Thank you for letting me be here. I'm excited to be with you all on Easter. And I just wanted to just say uh, there's already been some amazing sermons preached this morning. Just the video to start with, how Jesus just appeared and undid that doubt. What a beautiful picture that was. And then our brother Fortune, just, just the way that God showed up in his moment of need and through the joy of worship. So, uh, so there's, there's a lot. And uh, whatever part of this service if it's not something I say, I'm not going to be <laughs> offended. If you already latched onto some truth or some goodness of God that happened in the service already, hold on tight because those milestones will just, they'll, they'll prove true in your life too. And, uh, and so I also just wanted to thank the Open Church leadership, Lena and Melina and, um, and Samson and, and just Sylvester and the rest of the team for, for just welcoming our family with open arms. But it's not a lot of churches that, uh, that, that give away the Easter Sunday talk. <laughs> I, I, I worked at my father-in-law's church for like 17 years and <laughs> never got that invitation. Um, I know he loves me anyway, Wapongosh. Um, but... But it really is a unique thing about the leadership team here because um, they're really just about Jesus. They're really just about hunger. They're really just about stirring a movement. And they're not in the way of that in the fact that they want to have any platform or anything like that. And I just, I see that and I appreciate that. And I thank you, team, for that. Uh, it's, yeah, you, you've got a sweet thing going on here. So we're blessed. Um, I think the best way to start this is just to read that resurrection story. Let me, uh, let me go to Matthew 28 really quick here. I'm just going to read uh, a handful of verses, and then we'll go. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards themselves trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. Say it with me. For he is risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and even great joy and ran to tell the disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings, like he was there all along. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers and go to Galilee. Tell them to go to Galilee and there they will meet me. Amen. He is risen. And I just feel excited today. I've just almost, you know, I used to think I was a real tough guy. I used to play basketball, and I got in a bunch of fights related to basketball, and I used to kind of wear that like I was tough, and I used to, like, have a little swag to my walk, and uh, I still wasn't that cool or tough. <laughs> um, I thought I was. And then you become a dad, and you get a little weepy. Um, that video last week, that was not fair. <laughs> you just get weepy, and you cry about stuff. And uh, for some reason this morning, I think, I think my heart's just 
just tenderized because of God's goodness and, uh, and the coming and, and the, the power of Jesus. But just through the, the whole morning, I'm just like fighting back tears, and they're good tears. They're not like I'm real sad. It's good tears that just the Holy Spirit is here, and I just sense His presence. And, uh, and I'm so grateful that I get to sit, little old me gets to sense the presence of Jesus. And, uh, and so this is a really special day. I loved our time yesterday um, at, at Paul's Pond, Tusha Farm, and as we hunted for those painted stones, uh, I just really loved watching that happen. I loved hiding them, um, and, uh, and I really kept thinking through the weeks leading up as I was reading this story and kind of reading beyond um, the resurrection just a little bit further into the story. I loved how busy Jesus got. He was busy his whole ministry period, but... Between resurrection and his ascension back to heaven, there was some crazy busyness. And I, I just know that the things that he spoke in that chunk of time were the, the things on his heart more than anything. It's, it was the bottom line stuff we have to take away. It was the pillars that we have to really stand on as we become the team. His disciples for that day, we're his disciples for this day. So those are our pillars. And, and it was like I was hunting for Easter treasures, just like we were hunting for those eggs, eggs, and we were going to get our treats from finding those things. I, I kind of went on an Easter egg hunt here, and a few of the things that I found have just blessed my heart. And one of the, one of the special treasures of Easter is the wonder and the great joy that this verse in Matthew 28 tells us that Mary and Mary <laughs> had they they were they were down that morning had to be the lowest of the low they show up at the tomb and the stone is rolled away the savior's not in there he left his bed clothes maybe they were neatly folded or or his dead clothes i don't know what you call those things he left them there and now they're confused but then the angel appears jesus speaks to them and they're like filled with awe and wonder. And I just thought, what a unique gift of Easter that because of what power Jesus carries, we can walk through life in awe and wonder. I have a son, Owen, who loves to go outside in the morning and uh, we have a treehouse. Some of you saw it on Coffee Sunday. There's a little treehouse and really it's become a bird watching area. And Owen gets up early in the morning and he takes his binoculars, and he takes his Bible, and he does his, his reading there, and then he just searches for birds. And when he comes back and talks to me about birds, I mean, I, there's just a few things I need to know about a bird. Like, can they fly? Do they, should I be worried about this type of bird eating me? What's, that's about it. What color is it? Brown? Blue? Those are the, when I was growing up, those are the questions I had about birds. Very basic knowledge. But Owen lives with a great wonder and a great awe about these birds. And I just, I think about that when Mary and Mary are like probably looking at each other like, Mama Sheena, that was him. That was him. He, he's back. He's alive. I can't even believe. What does this mean now? What does this mean? And suddenly there's some pep in their step. When they were on their way, they were probably shuffling. Like I ran... 32 kilometers the other day, and when, by the time I got home, it wasn't running. My arms were doing running motion, and my legs were doing this. 
They were just shuffling. So these girls, they get to the, 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 the grave site, and they're probably just shuffling. And then Jesus' presence meets them, and now there's some pep in their step. And that's one of the gifts of Easter. That's a treasure of Easter that you can also live in awe and wonder and with great joy. Look at your neighbor and say, pep in your step. One of the other uh, most beautiful ones that I love um, just happened in, uh, in John 21. And uh, I love this, this picture. I won't read the whole thing, but again, Peter and six of the other disciples, now after Friday, everything that they had worked for and believed towards, they just think it's over. They think it's, it's ended. And they go back to the only thing they know. They go fishing. And they spend the night fishing, and, uh, and suddenly Jesus shows up on the beach, and he's like calling to them, and they're not quite sure, is that, who is that, is that someone we know? And he's like, you're throwing your nets on the wrong side, throw them over there. And one of the pictures of John 21 is, those guys go from zero to abundance in a second because of one word from Jesus. One side of the boat, zero, no fish, zero, not even capenta. The other side, they throw the net down, and now it's sinking them. They're full, abundant, overwhelming riches. And that's a picture of when Jesus speaks. And I I believe he's going to do that today, too. I believe he's going to speak to your heart, and you're going to, you felt maybe like a zero. Uh, You felt like there's not enough in you or for you or about you. And suddenly there's going to be this abundant life and you're going to stand up different. You're not going to shuffle anymore. You're going to walk around different because abundance is going to come and replace that zero feeling. Amen. But my favorite thing is Jesus ends up making breakfast for Peter and the guys. And there's something so sweet about that. And it's one of my favorite. It's a weird thing to say about the Easter story because it didn't happen exactly on Easter. But... Jesus came back from the grave, and one of the main things he does before his ascension is he comes to Peter and takes him from zero to abundance, but then he gets personal with Peter. He does something that speaks Peter's love language. I mean, we just love to share a meal together, isn't it? And I think for a fisherman to have a a hot fire there with some fish on the beach, that would speak to me. When my, sometimes I wake up with headaches and my boys, they go in the kitchen and make me breakfast and that's my love language. If I smell bacon, I'm like, somebody in there loves me. And, and Jesus calls to Peter and says, let's eat together. Let's get up close and personal again because I'm real. And Jesus wants to be up close and personal with us and that's why he came back. That's why he came in the first place. And he had some work to do to overcome sin and death, but then he came back. And now we get to be up close and personal forever. And if you have not believed that, or if you've never sensed that before and don't know if that's possible, a bit like Thomas, Jesus is not afraid of a little doubt. He's not afraid of a little concern or fear. He can just show up and show you his love. And I believe he's going to do that today. But as he got up close and personal with Peter, he undid what Peter was so ashamed of. Peter just before Jesus was taken to the high priests, uh, Peter denied Jesus three times. Remember, Jesus even told him, you're probably going to do this. And Peter's like, never. 
I'm the man. I, I'm by your side. And then instantly, three different times, he denies Jesus, denies even knowing him. And I'm sure Peter was wearing that, right? When, haven't, has anyone besides me ever done anything wrong that made you feel heavy? A few hands. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's a few of us sinners in the room. And he was just wearing that, probably just maybe not even speaking to his buddies, because what words are there after that, after the terrible thing that he witnessed, but then knowing that he had just like, he had, he had pretended he didn't even know that man. And Jesus not only comes close in relationship and gets personal with Peter, Jesus not only overflows their boat with the fish they were looking for, but then Jesus undoes his denials. Three times he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, of course I love you. And then he says it again, Peter, do you love me? And it's so cool because he did it three times on purpose. I know it was no accident. And by the end, Peter's frustrated. Of course you know I love you. I already said it twice this morning. What? What's going on here? But Jesus was just like erasing and renewing and setting apart for something different. That happened yesterday. Yesterday's closed. The chapter's over. We're going to step into a new chapter. And those denials are behind us. And it's been undone by the power of the grave and by the presence of Jesus himself. And so if today there's a shame that you carried in here from a sin you've committed or something that's been done to you, if there's just something that has been heavy that you've carried around, Jesus is speaking to you. I never meant for you to carry those heavy rocks. I never meant for you to bear those burdens. Come and lay them at my feet. I'll take them, and I have more for you. I'm not just going to take them from you, and then you go lighter. I'm going to replace them with something good, a word that you can live for and towards. So I love how Jesus appeared to Peter and the guys. Um, another, another beautiful thing is, uh, is coming later in Acts 2, uh, and, and there's... There's a whole bunch to this. This is a different sermon. But Pentecost, when he tells, just before going up to heaven, he tells the, the believers there, gather, wait patiently for the gift that I'm going to send. And they wait for 10 days. And then suddenly there's some wind and there's some fire. And power comes. And the same power that burst forth from that grave infills all the believers and now they are so empowered that the church exploded in a setting that it never should have exploded. It was such an oppressive day. It was such a, just an ugly, evil time, a little like today. <laughs> and there was a lot going against that tiny movement of people. And they were infilled with power, and that just took them to the ends of the earth. And so the power that comes from the grave is another one of those gold nuggets, those, those Easter egg treasures that we can find from this story. And then finally, uh, just as he's going into the sky, the Great Commission. That actually happened before the Acts 2. I got a little out of order. But Jesus, Jesus doesn't just die and resurrect and give up me that gift for me or you that gift for you. There are other people who've never heard that this even happened. There are other people who are so confused, so bound, so oppressed, so, con de so deceived that they need to hear it. And so there is also a very deep commissioning. When we understand the fullness of the Easter story, it's not just for us. There's a commissioning for us to take what we've now understood and believed 
and to walk outside with it and share it with someone else. You, you're going to be commissioned. The moment that you enter faith, Jesus is saying, all right, you're good enough. Let's go and tell someone else because it's really good news. You can't even keep it to yourself. And so there's a, there's a commissioning element to, uh, to what Resurrection Sunday means. Amen? You with me? I know we've been in here a long time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it up a little bit. Um, I wanted to quickly remind us who we are because Easter, Easter reminds us who we are. You don't give, I wouldn't give the type of gift I would give to my son Conde Heidi. I would not just give that same kind of gift to some other lady. I'll get in big trouble for that. I wouldn't even want to do that. But the types of gift that I give Heidi, they're special gifts. The types of gifts that I give my son, from my heart to their heart, I know them well. And I know what they like, and I, I want to just, just really bless them in a special way. The type of gift that God gave us, his very own son, it's a special gift. It's a dear gift. And he doesn't just give that to, like, a bunch of throwaway people. He gives that to sons and daughters, and we need to stop thinking we're throwaway people. The devil tells us that all the time. Because of what we've done, because of what we've said, because of what we've thought, because of how we've acted, because of the family we grew up in, whatever, whatever, whatever. We start just kind of believing, ah, it's really not for me, or I'm not that special. And God's saying, nope, you've got to be reminded this Easter, your sons and daughters, you are a chosen generation. You are called and set apart by my hand. I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have made my own son go through all this if you were what you're saying you are. Let me say who you are. And Jesus wants to speak that to us today. We're, we're the total objects of his affection. I don't know how you say, like, what's the most endearing, like, lovey-dovey thing to say in Bemba? Like, in, in America, that one of our words is apple of my eye. Is there one of those, Sylvester, in, in Bemba? So we gotta we have have to know a bemba like love term. I'll learn one for next time. Chisangonde, he's telling us all, you're my chisangonde. Don't forget, you're my sweetie mango. <laughs> uh, we are also we are also atmosphere changers. A lot of us think, okay, I can receive from God. Me and God have a good thing going. Fine. But I'm, st I'm not called to be a full-time pastor, so I can't really walk in a room and change the room. I can't preach, whatever. And he's saying, no, those are lies. I want to replace those. You are an atmosphere changer. Not because of who you are, but because of who you carry. Because of what Jesus did at the cross, that power's alive in you. And now every atmosphere you enter, you are meant to change that atmosphere. You're meant to change your your home, you are meant to change your school, you are meant to change your city and nation. And that power that pushed the stone away, that's in you. Just, just imagine that power, stone rolling power, just rumbling in you. And we're not going to go and use that with like might. We're not going to have to try. We're just going to shine so bright. We're going to be so overflowing with joy that the power, the joy, the goodness is just going to ooze from us. And we're not going to have to try. Atmospheres will be changed because people will want to know, what's so different about that guy? Why, why does that lady just seem so happy and at peace? What's going on over here? We're, we're called that by God, and he sent his son so that we'd be filled that way. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. We need to know who we are because a lot of times we're wandering through life afflicted a bit. And uh, I think often of the Saturday between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. I think often of that Saturday. And, uh, and one of the crazes in America, uh, movies, books, it's all about zombies right now. You know, I don't know what, the, what the, the draw is to these scary things. I don't like scary movies. I don't read scary books. But these, these, like, these creatures that are like half alive, right? They're people that are half alive. And they, they're just devourers, really. They're coming to harm. And they're pictures of the enemy. And in a way, zombies, because they're half alive, they're, they're not fully what they were created to be, right? And I kind of feel like sometimes when I think of that Saturday between the Friday and the Sunday, people might have just not the evil picture of zombies, but they might have just been wandering a bit. They might have just been stumbling and struggling a bit. And just the life had been sucked out of them. And now they're just kind of like dazed and confused and they're not purposeful at all. But because of Easter Sunday, there is life available. There is full life available. Um, some, some people are just living asleep. Maybe Maybe, maybe you've, been, you've accepted Christ a lot of years ago and now you're just kind of coasting through life on the, on the hope that you've got your insurance for the day you die, you're going to go to heaven. Now I can just coast and just kind of don't bother me, I'm on my path. That's not full life like God meant it. Some people have never accepted the promise, the gift of Jesus. They've never, they're, they're dead in their sin, whether you know it or not. If you are full of sin like, like I am, you need the blood of Jesus to cover you. And if you've not received the blood to cover you and followed Him as your personal Savior, you are going to die eternally in that same sin. There's really no way to sugarcoat that. So there are literally people in our world that are wandering around actually dead. Some are just kind of coasting and, and then others, they, they've just been kind of so discouraged. It's like there's been a wet blanket thrown on any of the flame that was in their spirit. Something bad happened to them or someone just really harmed them or they've, they've tried and failed and now they've, they've just made a decision, I'm never going to try again. Those people are just, they're quenched. So whether you're asleep today, I hope you're not. If you're dead today, I really hope you're not. Or you're just quenched, I hope you're not. You know what? There's hope for every one of those stories. And all of us have been at one of those positions at some point in our life. And we all need Jesus. So there's going to be no shame when we call people to the altar in just a moment. There's no shame in this saying, just tell us where you are so that we can come around you and invite you up. Invite you in to what Jesus has through His power, through His great love. And I think the main key, and I'll get to the end here, the main key in understanding how you apply all this that happened on Resurrection Sunday, the beauty and the power and the love, and how you apply that to a life in need, whether you're asleep or whether you're almost dead or whether you're just totally quenched, how do you apply that? That's the, the key is a renewed mind. And Samson uh, alluded to that when he was reading that scripture from Ephesians. The big 
change is how do I start to think about Easter different? I can think, ah, oh, it's a great Sunday, we celebrate it, and then I'm back to my regular life. Or I can think something in that story, something of that power, I'm taking with me wherever I go. God, show me what does it look like to live in a renewed way based on what happened at Easter. And Romans 12, 2 says it. We are transformed. We are only transformed by the renewing of our mind. Another linked verse is Romans 10, 17 that says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. These two are linked because I believe... Uh, let me just say one more thing. In James, there's, there's this word that says the tongue is like the rudder of a ship. And uh, I, I studied these giant aircraft carriers, massive. They hold 6,000 people. And they're like moving cities on the ocean. They can hold 900 flying vessels, whether they're helicopters or airplanes. And the rudder is like 1 20th of the size of the massive moving city. And if that rudder shifts one inch to the left, that ship is going in another direction. If someone turns that rudder really hard, that giant massive city will just spin around in circles. And that matters because our tongues represent what we speak, right? And our beliefs are what we what we believe in our spirit. But there's an inner conversation in each one of us happening every day. There's an inner conversation. And what we are speaking to ourselves, we're starting to believe. And we might be believing some lies. And we might be sending our ship into circles, into circles, into circles. Or into a wrong direction. But we need to come back to faith. We need to speak words of faith, speak words of truth, speak words of resurrection power, and then we're angled in the right direction. And we can make course corrections every so often as we need it just to make sure our target is in sight. We're going back towards Jesus. And as we make those course corrections, suddenly our mind, we're renewing our mind with truth. We're renewing our mind with hope. We're renewing our mind with trust in Him. And when you can do that, you can then apply what Easter means to each one of us. We have to renew our mind. We have to have a different way of thinking about Easter, about Jesus, about ourselves, about what's possible. If you just look at Easter Sunday, what happened there, it seems, just like Thomas, it seems ridiculous. It seems impossible. But because Jesus rolled the stone away and was raised from the dead, suddenly there's new possibilities. And there's this open world of vast possibilities. And if you don't have a renewed mind, you might even not see them. But if you can just speak truth, speak hope into your own conversation, your own inner conversation, you can anchor yourself towards truth. And you're going to start seeing possibilities. You're going to start having interactions that are like, wow, this was a divine appointment. God wanted me to talk to this person today. You're going to just have eyes opened and your spirit is going to be more alive. And that's what we want today. We want spirits to be alive. Um, <clears throat> I just, I wanted to share this also just as we get ready to close. I mentioned headaches just, uh, just a few moments ago. And my whole adult life, I've had migraines. I don't know if any of you know migraines, but they're just like terrible, piercing headaches that can make you nauseous. They can just really steal peace and steal your life. And uh, 
So for a long time, I was taking really strong medicine, and uh, that was making me feel ill. So I switched medicines, and yeah, it works a bit sometimes. Well, we were in Mozambique last year, and I went to a guy who has a radical healing ministry. And I just asked for prayer for my migraines. And he prayed, and he just prayed a simple prayer. It wasn't anything special. But as soon as I heard him speak that, I sensed God was saying, you're healed. And it wasn't like I knew I was healed in that moment. It, it was like I suddenly had the faith that my healing was going to come. So, but I still went and I threw away all my medicine. And I thought, yeah, I'm getting rid of this stuff. I'm healed. And some weeks went by, no migraine. And then suddenly I started having migraines again. <clears throat> and this week I've had four massive migraines. I've had to buy more medicine. I'm sick every day. I don't know what's going on. And it can be a real battle in my head. God, you said I'm healed. But today I'm sick. I have a migraine. <laughs> it's still, there's still this tension. It's coming. I know it. I don't know when or how. I don't know if it'll be this side of eternity or that side. But it's coming. I've been promised. But you can find deep discouragement in something like that. And so maybe what has held your, your renewal of your mind back is a discouragement because you've not been healed of something that really pains you. And today we're going we're gonna to just believe like Jesus undid Peter's denials, that he's going to undo lies in our mind. And he's going to undo hurts in our heart. And he's going to redo some things that need readjusting. I just really know that the Holy Spirit loves you guys. I've sensed his presence here since the second I walked in here. And he doesn't just do that for nothing. He does it because he wants to be near and he wants to touch and he wants to change and impact. And I believe that there's an impact moment for each of us this morning. So if you would, would everyone just stand with me? I want to pray a prayer for you and... Uh, and if, uh, if the prayer teams and the leadership team would just come right now, maybe come and face the crowd. <clears throat> I'm just going to pray for you and then I'm going to invite you to be really bold. Once I've prayed, if you r feel like one of the things I speak or have spoken during this talk represents what's going on in your heart and you want to pray to have Jesus come close or to receive salvation or to just be healed even of a sickness, I believe that there's going to be impact happening this morning. So I'm going to ask you after we pray to come forward and talk with someone, one of us, and we'll pray with you. But right now, if you would, just open your hands out in front of you like you're receiving a gift and close your eyes. We're going to let people have a personal moment with Jesus. Just close your eyes and I'm going to pray over you. And then you can feel free to come. Jesus, we thank you for being so strong and being so brave and so kind and so loving, all wrapped up in one, compassionate and powerful. That you came to earth and you didn't just take the best the devil had to offer and bury it, but you exploded forth from it making it powerless in our lives because of your great power, your overcoming power. So today, Jesus, we just picture you 
standing before us, coming to us after your, re your resurrection, saying, I want to come close to you, Chris. Saying, I want to undo wrongs that you've done, my friend. Saying, I want to give you new hope. Saying, I want to give you great wonder and joy. I want to restore joy like when we first got saved. I want to restore that. And Jesus, we thank you that you're not afraid of our wrongs. You're not afraid of our doubts. And God, even if we've been dead in our own sin, that's not too far away for you to do a mighty work this morning. So today, Jesus, let there be salvation in this room. Let there be awakening in this room. Some of us might have just been stumbling through life, cruising, not paying attention to anything. But now we want to be awake this morning. Wake us up. Let us come alive truly into your spirit by your power. So I just speak over this room. I bless your spirits with boldness to come and receive your healing, with boldness to come and admit and confess your sins, with boldness to come and receive salvation, with boldness to come and meet with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, with boldness to come and lay down your heavy burdens at the cross and take away what He's going to speak over you. You are beloved. You are my children. You are sons. You are daughters. You are no longer separated and left alone. I've did it all. I've completed the work. And now come and drink deeply of me. Taste and see how good he is. So Jesus, we do come before you. We invite you to be in this ministry time. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this city, Indola. We thank you for this nation. And we pray your resurrection power would change this nation. Your resurrection power would flood this city, Lord God. And use us to do the same. Commission us as you bless us. As you change us, let us be change agents for others, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. If you feel like you need to pray with someone to receive healing, this is a perfect day to do it. What if you get to tell someone else, Easter Sunday 2019, my whole life changed. Come. If you have never received Jesus as your personal friend, your Lord and Savior, come. It's a good day. If you feel like you've just been wandering through your life, you're not even fully awake, come. He wants to revive you. Whatever you need, come to the altar. We're going to play worship, and the prayer teams are going to be here to receive you. And I just bless you today. In the name of Jesus, happy Easter.